The future belongs to those who see the possibilities before they become obvious. Welcome to Fireside Chats Without the Fires with Neil Toff and Paul Catherell. When CX art imitates CX life, when something we've been saying in this podcast, every week we talk about something at the end of the podcast, the CX axe, the CX myth that we're going to take the axe to. We are actually going to take it in real life. We're going to take the axe. And that's why we're, why we're calling the session today the CX axe. And I promise, audience, you will understand why momentarily. We are so proud and happy to have the Annette Franz as our guest today. Annette, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this conversation. So this is going to be a fun one. Super. Paul, let the audience hear you. Uh, those that are tuning in may not see you, but make sure that certainly everyone can hear you. And let the everyone know, like every Friday at this time, you are? I am buzzing. But I am buzzing, buzzing, buzzing more today. What a guest. I, I, I'm in a bit of a state of shock. Now. I think I need to go and have a lie down after we've uh, <laughs> and that thank you so much i think my face is red right now <laughs> thank you so let's let's jump right into it um many of us already know who annette is if you're not following annette on linkedin on twitter uh follow her obviously there's some sensational content she, that she puts out uh, she's pretty much i think everywhere you would look when you look for CX content, it's it's out there. In addition, she's an author. And Annette, what I usually do is I'll just run through a LinkedIn profile. Uh, there are so many things here that you do. Um, I'm just going to kind of read off the, the first several of them. You are the founder and CEO of CX Journey. Uh, I believe you are also co-founder and principal of Insight Wave. Is that correct? That's correct. Beautiful. You are an official member of Forbes Coaches Council, if I if I see and read that correctly as well. That is correct. And this one, you are the author of Customer Understanding, which you if you clicked on this button that I'm looking at right now, it says you can buy it right on Amazon. You are an author. You are a thought leader. You are so many things. And that's why it's a, a, a true privilege to have you on this program. Thank you. Is there anything that I missed for those that may not know you, don't know you that well, haven't followed you? Like what's missing here in, in this very short brief intro that I've given? You know, I think, I think you've said it all. You know, I'm a coach, I'm a consultant, I'm a speaker, I'm an author, and uh, I am all around the probably one of the biggest champions and most passionate about the work that we do. So yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that. Perfect. So um, if you do follow Annette, you might have seen, and if you don't, that's okay. This is available as well for you. Uh, Annette recently published uh, just a few days ago, something that I clicked on from LinkedIn, and it's a, a piece of content called Building Your Multifaceted, comma, Multi-Skilled CX Team. And remember, we're going to mention the thing about the CX acts uh, in just, just a little bit. Uh, but I like this piece, and then I think this will kind of be the jumping off point for the conversation today, is multifaceted, multi-skilled team. What do you mean by all that? Like, that's, that matters in what we're doing with the with CX? Like, how does that influence? Come on, you really? Yeah, it really does. You know, it's it's so funny because people often ask, you know, how 
how, how do you get into the CX profession? And then once they're in, they're like, well, I'm in this position where I'm on a team or I'm, I'm building a team. What should that team look like? And, you know, CX, I, I'm going to start with, I'll, I'll step back because one of the things we did miss uh, in terms of my bio and, and uh, what I do is I'm also the 2020 board chair. I'm about to uh, bow out at the end of this year. Um, 2020 board chair for the Customer Experience Professionals Association, the CXPA. And one of the things we did this year was to define what a CX professional is. So why don't we start there? And then from there, we can sort of blossom blossom into <laughs> what they're what the team yes what a team of these professionals do right so the so the definition of a cx professional is the catalyst who enhances an organization's results by taking the time to understand design and improve the experience across the entire customer relationship so that's pretty high level right um, and there's a lot of work that goes behind that um, so the, and, and that work is where you need all these different skills, these different skills that can help to facilitate that understanding, the designing and the improving, um, along the customer journey. So quick question. I mean, it, I love that definition. The fact that it's defined is first and foremost, that's, that's yeah, progress. Right? I think that's, that, that's great. Yeah. But it's, it's interesting because it includes, I think it can include the frontline agent the team lead in the contact center. It can include, the uh, go all the way up the food chain, the chief customer officer. It could include the chief marketing officer. Is that, is my looking at this right? It was a design for that, you know, to, to be that, uh, that inclusive? It was actually designed not to be quite that inclusive. Um, the definition itself was not de de designed to be quite that inclusive. It really refers to the folks who are, you know, this, what I'm calling the CX team, right? And and that's not to exclude anybody who's a customer service rep or, or in other parts of the organization that, you know, des delivers um, the customer experience, right? But this is the, the professional is the person who, or the people who, um, you know, take the time to understand, do the understanding work. You know, that's what that's what my book is all about, right? Customer understanding and the three ways to understand your customers. Then, then the design work, and then the work that it takes to improve the experience. Now, the the understanding and the design work and the champion of the customer that typically happens within that CX team. The improvements often happen outside of that CX team, right? The CX team is typically the one that A, champions the customer and, and provides the data and the insights and does a lot of other things um, so that the other departments around the organization can make those improvements, right? So we are sort of the, the backbone and, and sort of inform what those other departments are going to do. So using the example of customer service, right? There's going to be a team of folks on the customer service team who are going to take what the CX professional and the CX teams do to understand the experience and use that data to improve the uh, customer service uh, experience and, and the experience within the uh, contact center, right? So, so it's a little it's it's a little bit complex, but I think the the focus for the CX professional was really around that individual who really does the work that then is used you know does the work to get the insights that is those insights are then used by others throughout the organization to to uh, improve the experience does that make sense hope that makes sense it does okay so we have a sense of what a cx 
professional does and yep. who they interact with. But let's then let's kind of maybe jump into the part about um, why is it multifaceted? Why is it multi-skilled? And how do you kind of build it out? Which I think is the the really fascinating part of of, of what you wrote here. Yeah. Tell us, you know, what is that for those that haven't read the article or that are curious and have a big question mark over our heads? Yeah, you know, it's it's multifaceted and multi-skilled because there are so many different things that that um, that this team does, and it's interesting because I've always had this conversation with people about the work that a CX professional does, and and especially when you start looking at job listings for you know folks to be on this customer experience team, and I see all the things that they want one individual to do, and I'm like, well they're looking to hire a unicorn. <laughs> it is very hard to find one individual who can do all of those things or who has all of those skills or who has experience um, with all of that. And so, so that's why we've, we've got to have a team of folks. And interestingly enough, that team doesn't always necessarily sit together. So if we think about some of the skills that we need to have on the team, right? We need to have market research skills and analytical skills and problem solving skills and change management and communication. And you've got to be an educator and you've got to be a relationship builder and you've got to be able to do all those things. Very hard to find one individual, one person who has all of those skills. But if we look around the organization and we create the team based on, because what I'm not doing here is I'm not advocating for every organization to have 10 people on a CX you know, in a CX department, in a CX um, organization, right? What I'm advocating for is that you find these skills within the organization and you create this team that becomes, for some, it might become a, you know, a second day job or, or a part-time job on top of what they're already doing. But if you think about communication skills, for example, that's something that it, you know, those skills are strong within your marketing department and, and uh, within the within the comms team. Right. So get somebody on the quote unquote team that can handle the communications and the messaging, both internally and externally, that you'll need to do with and for your customers and, and to your employees as well. So you've got somebody with that skill who can then guide the core team, but then may also take on the task of, of sending out, you know, com composing and then sending out those messages as well. So, so yeah, so I, I, to be clear, you know, even though I say there are, you know, 10 or however many skills there are, I, I wrote about nine, but I know there are a lot more. Um, it's not that we want to create this monster CX team, you know, our office of the customer. It's basically what we want to do is bring the right skills together from the organization so that you don't have to go and hire you know, nine or 10 people to get what you need on your team. Sure. Because so that if it's, we're talking about the same list, there's, I think, 10 bullet points within this list uh, in, in, in your article. Uh, first one, develop, implement, and manage tools and processes to understand customers. And I'm not going to read every single one. Uh, there's one in here that I really liked. Um, centralize, analyze, and synthesize customer feedback and data. That goes right to your point. So I'm just going to be able to analyze data. They have to have familiarity and some level of skill with math and and using the tools to, to, to maybe mine data and understand what's going on there, analytics, right? Um, and then there's, there's a couple others that I really liked in here. Um, share insights from customer understanding tools yes. throughout the organization. And that goes to the communication part, right? Someone's gotta be able to tell the story, right? I tell my own organization, what we need to be really good at is telling a story or telling the stories of what's happening with customers. And there's multiple ways to do that. Part of it is data, part of it is, yep. is, is quantitative, but well, there's another qualitative part of who said what and how did they say it and how many times was it said and 
storytelling ultimately, right? Yeah, and that's a skill in and of itself, right? Not a lot of people have that. It can be learned, but yeah, if you've got that, you're you're golden. <laughs> exactly. So you get into that, sorry, Neil, that comment there about the share insights. That's the one that's um, predominantly missed. So it's great that it's on that, that on your list there. And that, thank you so much for me as 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 a client that that speaks volumes to me. So thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. There's a great uh, this the 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 article then segues into the part about leadership, and I, I really like this. Here, you know, we we all understand the the critical nature of leadership in our organizations. Uh, in, in whatever part of the enterprise touches the customer, the contact center, the marketing department, there's got to be leadership, there's got to be vision, there's got to be communication, there's got to be tools. And talk to us a little bit about leadership. Like, what does the modern leader or leadership effort look like uh, for an effective, effectively run CX strategy? Yeah, and ideally that leadership uh, position is held by a chief customer officer or somebody on the executive team, right? Whether it's the VP of CX or, or whoever that might be. But that person is really the one who's got to champion this work across the organization, you know, and they've got to unite every department across the organization. They've got to unite the organization, right? And align everybody on, on the work that needs to be done, on understanding the importance of the customer and putting the customer at the center of all we do. So somebody's somebody's got to do that. And that's this particular leader's very important role. Because as you guys know, if if the entire organization isn't on board, then the experience is fragmented. Customers know that and they go from department to department or they have, you know, they buy something versus they get support versus they, they're getting training, but the experience is very different from one to the other. It's like working with three different companies, right? So we've got to have everybody aligned and on board. So this is a very, very important function of the leader in, uh, in the CX organization. Excellent. Just for curiosity, I'm going to put you on the spot on this one. I hadn't thought to ask you to prepare this one. And if you give me a proverbial kick under the table, it's okay. Um, we, we all know we all know, and look at, for example, Zappos, examples of great leadership in, in customer experience. Um, Southwest Airlines. Um, we all know the, you know, the, the, the top whatever, top five or ten. Yeah. Are there any off that kind of initial path that you know that you think they're doing well that the average reader, the average um, audience may not be so aware of companies that you may have come into contact that you use and point to as great examples that are uh, of leadership. Yeah, there's there are a couple of uh, of them actually, and and especially when it comes to leadership, and this is leadership right at the top, right with the CEO, right, and ultimately that's the person who's got to be the champion for the customer, right. So I've, I've got a couple of examples there too that I'm I'm really. Um, ha always happy to share. Number one is Gary Ridge, who is the CEO of WD40. Um, his based here in Southern California in uh, in San Diego, and he's very focused on the culture of his organization and his people. And he knows that translates ultimately to a great experience for customers. And the other one is. Um, uh, Bob Chapman, he's the CEO of Barry Waymiller in uh, St. Louis. And again, same thing, a focus on his people, knowing that if I take care of my people, the numbers will come, right? It's a, such a huge, 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 huge perspective that any and every organization could take. And the interesting thing about both of these, right, is that they're B2B organizations, right? WD40 obviously is a con consumer product, but 
you know, their, their ultimate customer or their initial customer is, you know, the business, the, the retailer that's um, buying up their product, right, to sell. So both of them are, are technically B2B um, examples. And I, and I love that because a lot of times, you know, I know we're going off in a whole different path here, but a lot of times folks say, oh, well, B2B, we don't, you know, that's not a CX thing. Nobody, nobody pays attention to CX in, in B2B, but it's huge. I agree. So the business is a provider of business to business services. You're obviously there's a thing called experience. It's yeah. a different kind of segment, I think, of it, but there's a thing called client experience. In our world, we call them clients, not customers, client experience. We have a group called client success. But anyway, we I know we digress and but I but I, but I do agree with you. Um let me ask you just one thing, um, and we hadn't prepared this question, but um I imagine it it, it comes up. And and I was asked it yesterday on a panel, and it was what is the um, modern CX worker or employee, what are the skills needed now that that employee is most likely working from home? And I have to admit, when, I, when that question, it came up yesterday in this panel and I thought about it, I thought like, ah, oh, this is BS. Like, what do you mean? It doesn't matter, they're home, who cares? If they're home, they're the sofa, it's all the same, right? Then I thought, wait a minute, that's not exactly the most politically correct answer. I kind of rethought it. I'm still rethinking it. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna put, pass the hot potato over to you. Is it is it BS? Like, does it matter that well, the the CX worker is from home now? And if it doesn't matter, like, I would love to hear. Like, it really doesn't matter. Everyone is talking it the, the new the new worker the work work strategy. Does it matter in CX? I don't honestly. My my knee jerk response is no. I don't think it matters because you're in this position as a customer experience professional, whether you're working from home or you're working in an office you've got, you've still got the same skills. The company still has the same need. And one of the things that we saw this year, and I'll kind of bring it full circle is that, you know, a lot of, a lot of my friends got laid off early on, right? It was suddenly, ugh, CX, who needs that? And then all of a sudden everybody got hired back up again, hired again, because suddenly executives realized we need customer insights. <laughs> Why are customers buying all the toilet paper, you know? Um, so we need to understand our customers. And so, you know, quite honestly, they've all been doing it from home, you know, they've been doing the same thing. So if you think about the, the change management and the communication and the analytics and the, you know, the things we just talked about here about, you know, championing for the customer across the organization and, um, you know, the customer understanding work, we can still do all that from home, right? There's, there's, there's been more zoom journey mapping sessions this year than, than you can imagine, you know, and, and surveys, we're still sending out surveys and we're still getting feedback from customers and we're still doing interviews and we're still doing all of the work that we've always done. And so, but, but I will, I, what I will say is, is that two skills that need to be amplified this year are and and amplified to the you know 10x degree right are um, communication and empathy. Those are the big things that that I think CX professionals already have, but those just needed to be amplified this year. So yeah, it's an interesting question. What how, how, I'm curious how other how other folks answer that. Well, I think the for lack of a better phrase, the knee-jerk reaction is, oh, of course it's changed. They're at home. Yeah, right. <laughs> and we're looking at each other like, and like, right? You get it, right? Like they got the dog barking, the kids, the the, the home Wi-Fi instead of the corporate, like there's, there's surface stuff I think that's obviously different. 
And yes, it's harder and there's more stress and maybe there's a difference between, you know, always on and you could, cause the computer's right there and you can always take a call and answer an email. But I think there's, there's elements to that, but I gotta tell you, like, I, I don't think I, I even with you, I don't think it has that fundamentally changed yeah. geographic place. Yes. But the work itself, I don't think it has. We have better tools. We've got zoom. We can do pod, you know, yeah. I think it's fundamentally the same. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Okay. You, now, now, if you're gonna, if you didn't kick me under the proverbial table before, you might kick me now. You you mentioned one. I'm going off the charts, off the kind of the, the the the. the <laughs> I'm going out of the dotted lines here. Okay. Because you, <laughs> you mentioned it. This one also came up, and this is one I've seen a lot lately, and I've challenged it. The term empathy. Everyone talks about the importance of empathy in customer experience. Yep. I want to ask you. And you can shoot me down and, and like I said, kick me under the table. Like I, I want to be set straight on this. All right. Is empathy really the main or a main driver here? Or is it, in my mind, satisfaction? Does it not matter how nice and listening and shoulder to, to cry on? Or is it the importance really resolution, which leads to satisfaction? Well, I think empathy is part of the process, right? I think that, uh, you know, there's the outcome is resolution, right? But if the experience, so I'll give you an example. So yesterday I did a keynote and it was all about doubling down on customer centricity. And I started off by defining customer experience, right? Customer experience is some of all the interactions that a customer has over the life of the relationship with the brand. And probably more importantly, the feelings, the emotions, and the perceptions about those interactions, right? The experience is very much human. And the empathy is those, you know, emotions, feelings, and perceptions, right? And and and, and, and the person on the other end of the line taking the time to understand you and understand your pain and understand what you're going through so that they can then you know, have a conversation with you or help you in a way that's going to be meaningful for you. Um, so I think, you know, empathy used to be this buzzword. I think in 2020, it became the way of doing things for sure um, and, and became so much more important. But but to me, empathy is a part of or, or it's a part of the experience, right? It's not the outcome or anything like that. It's just it's how we how we interact with our with our customers taking the time to understand them and their pain what they're going through so that we can respond in kind and and make sure that uh, we can help them get to that resolution or get to the outcome in a in a way that's meaningful for them perfectly fair I, i'm glad i didn't get kicked under the table but i think you, <laughs> you you brought me back into the middle to have some more more respect for empathy i i, I agree and I do actually agree with you also. I think listening is, is key. The ability to listen. And I'm not sure if listening can, so I think listening can be taught somewhat. I think don't know how to listen, don't know how to listen. Yeah, I, I, I do think it can be taught. It's, uh, it's hard for people and it's that whole listen to understand, not listen to reply, right? So, and I think we're all, we're all guilty of that. So it just, it takes time. Exactly. All right. So he, I promised the audience and I promised you that I was going to bring this one back to the center. So right. your uh, your article ends with a great quote. And if it's, if you have it up, you can read it. If not, I, I'm happy to read it here. It's the one uh, where you cited Jim Rohn. Yeah. So you're describing, if, do you have it up? You want to read it? If, if not, I'll, I'll, I'll read it. Just tell me. Uh, um, you, you, is, I got it up, but you can go ahead and read it. That's fine. No worries. Okay. So what I love about this is you've told us in this in this article 
um, about the importance of multifaceted. You've just defined what multifaceted means and multi-skilled, what the skills are, what leadership in, a, in an effective CX organization needs to look and feel like. Perfect. And what you then kind of end with here is this quote. You can cut down a tree with a hammer, but it takes about 30 days. God knows how many hammers are we all using to cut trees down and it's taking forever. That's my quote you know, to, to go on. If you trade the hammer for an ax, you can cut it down in about 30 minutes. The difference between 30 days and 30 minutes is skills. And that's from Jim Rohn. And I think that what I love about this is that the concept of acts, you can be that much more effective, that much quicker, get to resolution, not struggle, not swim upstream, put forth less effort. We all talk about effort in customer experience, right? Absolutely. If you have the multifaceted, multi-skilled team with the right yep. leadership. Amen. Amen. Perfect. Yeah. All right. So we, we put the nice bow on the, the, <laughs> the, the first two-thirds of this, and I love it. Thank you so much. That's why we're entitling this session, the CX Acts. As we do with all of our guests, um, we're going to ask you as we kind of, you know, wind down here for the final third of the podcast, talking about axes, <laughs> take an axe to a CX myth, but right. a myth that is out there. All right. This is the myth. The myth is that the customer is in control. That is a huge myth, and uh, I, I don't know. I don't know where that came from because I don't think customers want to be in control, right? I, I think you know the the thing that happens is that um, you know people say that customers are in control because they're giving us feedback and they're and they're empowered because they've got you know more information at their fingertips and everything. But I actually think that what customers really want is a participative relationship. And that, I don't know if many people think of it that way, but that's how I think of it, right? I guess the, a common word that we use in the CX world is co-creation. But I think what I'm thinking, I'm thinking bigger picture, like the whole relationship and not being in control, but but it being a participative relationship, right? Um, and by that, I mean that we ask them for feedback or, or they give us feedback. We use that feedback to fix things, to make things better. They give us feedback because they want to see us succeed. They want to want to see the brand solve problems for them and all of that. And there's a sort of give and take, right? And I, I truly believe that's what the relationship is. I don't believe it's in control because if you think it, you mentioned customer effort, right? If the customer's in control, that's not effortless. <laughs> that's a lot of work to be in control, right? And and I don't think customers want that at all. I think they want it to be a, a two-way street and, and to truly be a relationship, which is a two-way street. This is a heck of a myth just to have busted. <laughs> I never thought about wide open. Wide open. Wide open. Well, this is this is I'm gonna have to ruminate on this one for a while. This is a this is a good one. Audience, think about this one. Customer is not in control. Okay. Love it. Let's move to the next part. All right. Two CX quotes that you've prepared. Um, what would those be? Share with the audience what your CX quotes are that resonate with you. All right. So the first one is mine, my very own. And, and this is uh, something that I say all the time because it's, I don't know, because it's true. <laughs> 
you can't transform something you don't understand. You cannot, right? How can you, how can you get to future state without really understanding the current state and what's going well and what's not going well, what you need to keep doing, what you need to change. Um, and so in order to transform, you've really got to take the time to understand the current state first, right? So, so that's my first one. Um, the second one is, um, this is Drucker, Peter Drucker. There's only one valid definition of a business purpose, and that's to create and to nurture a customer, right? The purpose of a business is to create and to nurture a customer, not to create shareholder value, right? Shareholder value is an outcome. And if we take the time, again, if you take care of the people, the numbers will come, right? So if we if we focus on creating and nurturing customers, then shareholders will ultimately be happy. So I think I, I would love to see everybody shift to that business purpose. Take that, Mr. and Mrs. CFO. Absolutely. <laughs> right? Those are the ones that need to remember this part. Very well done. All right, perfect. So we're going to wind down the final section, the final question. Who is your CX hero of the week? And this is a good one. Yeah, this is a this is a timely one, right? It, this is, and uh, I've looked up to him for a very long time, and I just, you know, because of his um, untimely passing, um, I, I have to say Tony Shea, right? Um, this man has done more, had done more for culture, for employee experience, for customer experience, for customer service in the last twenty years than anybody else that I can name, right, you know, and ultimately, you know, with the goal of delivering happiness, um, I'm, I'm a Zappos customer, and I've been delivered happiness many times, including just yesterday. So I kid you not just yesterday. And so, you know, their their service is great, their, their culture is one to aspire to. Um, employees love working there, you know, and so yeah, Tony Shea, he's my CX hero. That's wonderful. May he rest in peace. And you know what's come up recently as you read these articles is that this is someone who accomplished so many things. It was a pioneer, leader, um, you know, a first mover that was incredibly human. Absolutely. Had had some well, flaws, battled things that many of us deal with on a day to day basis, and um, was you know he wasn't uh, above those things. He was a human just like the rest of us. But yeah. what a pioneer! Yeah, absolutely. Very, very timely. Excellent. Um, Annette, you are a sensational guest. You got to come back at some point. Just come back. Just say yes. Please say yes. Uh, yes. Yes. yes, I will come back. <laughs> Good. I think there's lots of things we can continue to ask you and talk about at a, at a future time. Thank you so much for joining us. It was wonderful to have you. Uh, right. Really challenging things here. And Paul has the last word. Very no, special I, I, that I, I forgot. But when I, know, I know when I figure one out, I'm like, I can't forget this one. Go ahead, Paul. Let let everyone know what this what you're going to say. Yeah, so there's a couple of things actually. Neil, I will come back to you. So, um, Annette, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. You've been a wonderful guest. Um, they yeah. say you should never meet your heroes. You smashed it. There's no concern in terms of meeting you as, as a hero. I've got I've got two things. Um, the first one is you've. I don't know whether it's deliberate or it's just um, kind of how you've spoken about it. But you you've paraphrasing Richard Branson a couple of times in your pod in what you were saying there about putting the customer at the heart of everything you know you do and then putting 
you know, it's normally putting your employees, then the customers, then the shareholders. Was that deliberate? Have you been influenced by Sir Richard or was it something that you just, that's already built in? Makes sense. You know what? Yeah, you know, great question. I started my career, you know, almost 30 years ago, back at JD Power and Associates in 1992. And at the time I was, you know, JD Power and Associates known for their syndicated research, but I was working on the custom research side. So I was working with our clients on listening to their customers, but I was the one who kept saying at the time, gotta listen to your employees too. You know, for me back then already, I was already saying employee experience drives customer experience. We've got to, we've got to focus on that. So somewhere along the way, you know, I probably heard, you know, Richard Branson and folks like Hal Rosenbluth and a lot of others talk about employee experience and employees coming more first. Um, which, you know, yay, everybody should be thinking that way. I'm I'm always blessed when I when are pleased or appreciative or whatever you want to throw in there, uh, when I hear people say that because, you know, it's been a long, it's been a long hard push for people to understand that. And just recently more and more people are doing that. So the more CEOs that we have talking and thinking that way, the better. Excellent. Cool. And then the last part is I believe that when we publish this podcast, it will be a rather special day. Neil, oh. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> when this po podcast gets posted, it will be Annette's special birthday. And we wish her a really happy birthday. Happy if you're following Annette on one of the something on social media, just send her a note, a little happy birthday message. Uh, we are happy to be a small part of her birthday. Thank uh, and an amazing part, amazing opportunity to have uh, had her as a guest on this on this podcast. We're really grateful, Annette. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank um, you. That's we will fun. see you back again, hopefully soon. Best birthday gift. My best birthday gift. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to come back again. Absolutely. Wonderful. Thanks. Excellent. This is Fireside Chats Without the Fires. Neil Toff, Paul Catherall, concluding this episode with the sensational Annette Franz. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. This has been another episode of Fireside Chats Without the Fires with Neil Toff and Paul Cathro. Follow Neil and Paul on Twitter at Neil Toff and at PaulCat72. Podcast feedback and topic suggestions are always welcome. Thank you for listening.